welcome back, welcome back to brunch with me, Maureen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. And I'd like to welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dambina. Andrew, how are you? It sounds like you're moving furniture in the background. Ah, uh, yes, actually, I am doing something, Noreen. <laughs> I had, I had. This is quite an unusual one. I had my notes prepared ten minutes ago on my uh, on my laptop, and I just before our call transferred to my desktop. I'm sure this is very interesting for the listeners. Um, and I uh, and my Google document on my desktop doesn't show the document that I was working on. So oh, I'm now no. just scuttling around, and I'm back. I've got it. It's on my laptop, oh, okay, and I'll do good. it. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to freestyle it because I, I uploaded, well, by the way, all the pictures that you very kindly sent to me on the Facebook page, brilliant. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. There are four in total, so um, I'll let you take the lead. Okay, that's great. Well, so um, it's an international um, selection. One of the four segments are from Hong Kong. Let's see how we do for time. But um, the, um, this summer in America, we'll start with America, and um, there's an all-American food item that uh, has, been, has been one of the cliches of all-American food for decades. You know, there are a few, a few that spring to mind, right? But, uh, but this particular one is having a bit of a renaissance or a heyday this summer. It's already beginning to kick in, and there, it's being enjoyed in some different surprising ways that listeners may not be familiar with. So this is something I'm focusing on first. Um, if you now you listeners, if you've been to Noreen's um, Facebook page and seen the pictures, then you'll get some clues there. Noreen, if you've seen them, you probably know what I'm talking about, don't you? Have a I, guess. If you don't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, um, no, it's okay. You're it, always it's putting me on the spot. From the, first, from the first picture, it's not immediately obvious, but oh wait, but, wait, wait. Um, Are you talking about the first picture that you sent me, or the first picture that I uploaded on on the Facebook? Because the order might be slightly okay. Uh, different. It's the one with the cocktail. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, sorry. Then the order is is slightly different. That's the last one yeah. on Facebook. Okay, I think that is a hot dog martini. Well, it is. It is. I mean, did you did you hear that, listeners? It's a hot dog martini. Uh, Noreen Mir said, and it, and it is. Because you know how really... I deducted that, I came to that conclusion, because I saw some hot dogs in the background, and I saw yeah. this martini, and, and instead of olives on the toothpick, yeah. <laughs> it's hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sausage. Um, the, yeah, on a cocktail stick, so the little kind of uh, garnish that That's you might so get. That's you know. weird. I know, it looks strange, doesn't it? It's So, well, it's um, it's something which is a part of a bar in philadelphia is doing a fundraiser for an animal shelter and they decided because there is a current upsurge in the trend that's never gone away for hot dogs in america that they would try to make a cocktail among a few different ones that they are selling and giving uh, a certain amount giving two or three dollars from each cocktail to an animal animal shelter um to make a uh, a wiener teeny they're calling it and it's uh, <laughs> so a wiener is a frankfurter yeah. sausage one of those things that wiener you boil um, which is um, either all beef or sometimes pork or sometimes pork and beef mixed but it's the thing that goes into hot dogs the sausage and so they're calling it a wiener teeny and uh, some of the ingredients though are a little bit um, interesting and unexpected there are so it's made with vodka so martinis uh, as a cocktail, can always be either vodka or gin. 
Have you tried? Have you tried both or either of those, Noreen? Well, uh, uh, just vodka gin, and gin. Yeah, I, I like gin. I like gin and tonic. So, oh, okay. But I mean, in a martini as a base, uh, as a base spirit. No, would I don't. You go for it? No, I uh, yeah, I would go for. It. I don't normally order martinis because I don't like the olives, but I, I I like the I like I like sausages, so maybe this one I might try it. Yeah, well, I mean, what's well, the difference okay. between the gin and a and a vodka base? Does it affect it a lot? Well, only that you get the aromatic uh, kind of flavour. So, like gin, which has a more well, some people say it's a bit perfumey or can be, but it's got those aromatics that are steeped in it or that go into it through when it's going through the distillation process and there'll be things like juniper berries and dried uh, dried assortment of things. Like ones that have been made in Asia recently in Hong Kong and Singapore have included things like uh, star anise and different oh. types of uh, um, spices that are found like, and sourced and grown in Asia. Like Give saffron it a bit of, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top. Saffron, yeah. cumin, all of these different... Um, uh, things that are highly aromatic, but but vodka is a bit of a plainer thing, a bit of a plainer beast, if you like. And it's um, so you so you add things to it really to get flavour. It doesn't really have much flavour on its own. But the, the, the there's not actual hot dog in the. Uh, they haven't distilled or put any aromatics of hot dog into the drink, but they have used potato vodka, tomato infused uh, vermouth that they've made in house. And they've put in something that in uh, a lot of hot dog recipes is uh, a pickle, so like a pickled cucumber. They've put in pickle brine. So that's the salty um, juice, if you like, that would be in a jar of pickled cucumbers. This, to me, is uh, an interesting one. I mean, there is a, such a thing as called a dirty martini. I don't know if you know that. Oh, which yes. is Yeah? So that's, and I think they took their cue or inspiration or knowledge of putting salty water, which is the brine from a jar of olives. That's what, that's what goes into a dirty martini, and it makes it a bit cloudy. And so they've really gone with that. But they, um, I, I'm not sure how that would taste, because pickled cucumbers are also a bit sweet, and the brine would be a bit sugary as well. And they've chucked in, just for good measure, a bit of sesame oil. But the cocktail has this garnish, and it looks really cool. So, so go and have a look at Noreen, uh, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3's um, uh, Facebook page, and then you can see what it looks like with the skewer. They say it's garnished with a tiny gherkin and a hot dog wheel. Wheel is a bit fa fancy speak for a slice of uh, the hot dog sausage. So what, what does that sound like to you? Like a drink that you wouldn't mind drinking, Noreen, or...? Yeah, actually, I mean, sometimes when you have when when you go to a, an event or something, you'll have a drink, and there might be a hot dog around. So it's like mixing the two together. Why not? Exactly, that's yeah. what they've tried to do to make it pair well <laughs> with hot dogs. Well, okay. Also, continuing with this hot dog trend theme, New York is home to its own variety of hot dogs. So when people think of New York hot dogs, they think of Usually a beef frankfurter, that is the type of finely, um, it's very finely minced uh, meat that's in there. So it's very smooth. You don't get the texture of, of other types of sausages. Those are usually boiled, the sausages, with optional fried onions and uh, sauerkraut. Those are the ingredients with a bit of mustard as well. That's a usual New York thing. But New York has been besieged recently by its cousin, which is a very different version from Chicago. And this is another picture that I sent you, Noreen, which is showing you what's in 
the Chicago version of a hot dog. This is the open sandwich that you can see. Very colourful image. And the, the, the ingredients are, are quite different. Wow. They use a poppy seed bun uh, in Chicago. Uh, they, they use a beef hot dog sausage. And mm. they use yellow mustard and a very bright green pickle relish, which is finely minced. I don't know if you can see that, that bright green relish there. Raw onions chopped up. Uh, a dill pickled cucumber lengthwise spear. That's about a quarter of a cucumber. And they use pickled chili peppers in there as well. Tomato wedges and then a sprinkling of celery salt to finish it off. In other words, about ten times, well, not literally, but a lot more than what goes into a New York <laughs> A regular hot dog, hot dog. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, these, and these are taking New York by storm. It actually looks and sounds really good to me. There's a lot more going in on it. Like, I, I, I like the sound of all that flavour. Mm. Um, and so I just wanted to let uh, the listeners know this is a trend going on in America. New York having, uh, having Chicago move in and give it a run for its money on the hot dog front. You know, and, at first uh, glance, and Andrew, mm, I thought, yeah. you, know, you know, there's a sprinkle of, of onion and the mustard on top. At first glance, yeah. I thought they were like Rice Krispies or like rice bubbles. And then oh, it made yeah, me think, actually, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, it made yeah, me yeah. think, that might be a good combo on top of it. Just sprinkle, you know, just a little bit of Rice Krispies or rice bubbles on oh. your hot dog. That's a good texture. I like, actually, I like, that would be great for texture, wouldn't it? It would yeah, be. Yeah, I like the sound of that as well. You'd have to eat it pretty quickly as once you close the two halves together if you did that unless you had it ate it soggy. open. Yeah. yeah, it would get a bit soggy. But I like the sound of that texture. That sounds mm. really good. You might be onto something there, Noreen. Sure. Might be one of those ideas that you say you could uh, you could do one day. Yeah, and I could just call them um, bubble dog or, or rice dog. I, I don't know. Pop, pop dogs. Pop dogs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, but, listeners, what do you think Noreen should call a hot dog of her own invention with popped rice on it. Let's let, let's let the I listeners like pop get involved. Dog. I, I think that's yeah. a great idea, Andrew. You're, you're onto something. <laughs> well, we're brainstorming here. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, meanwhile, in New York, um, the the last thing on hot dogs, there has been a lot of talk around a a, a very upmarket hot dog that's just gone into uh, a restaurant called Misha which is uh, quite quite a trendy restaurant serving all sorts of other American, elevated American diner-style food. They are just, as of April, serving a new hot dog for $29. US wow. that, that, You know, we sometimes think that things are a little overpriced in Hong Kong with high rents here and, uh, well, there's infl- food inflation everywhere. But $29 USDs. That's like, for, two, um, that's like 200 Hong Kong dollars. Yeah, or a bit slightly over, maybe. Yeah, yeah. over, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so, but it does have a quarter of a kilo, 250-gram sausage in there, which is probably yeah. about two or more times the weight of a, of a normal hot dog sausage. It's a mixture of beef and pork, um, and it's accompanied by a small little dish of chili, like chili con carne, but they just call it chili in America, you know, the um, plus five sauces so it all looks a bit fancy and uh, i didn't send you a picture of this one but 29 bucks it just goes to show i remember years ago in hong kong must be a decade or so one of the hotels which doesn't, i'll mention it, it doesn't exist anymore the regent hotel that's been turned into another brand now in chim sa choi was serving hong kong's most expensive uh, burger 
And that was uh, about, I think it was close to, it was 900 and something Hong Kong dollars, close to a grand. <laughs> and it had foie gras and, uh, and too many Wagyu burgers stuffed inside its bun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it actually eclipsed the price of the one that we just mentioned, the hot dog from New York. Okay, moving on to something else. Um, Vin Expo, the wine trade fair that started in France but is a massive deal in the world of not only wine but also spirits, just finished its Vin Expo Asia 2023 in Singapore and it did really well. It had a highly qualified attendance. There were uh, lots of business were generated. There were lots of quotes on it from the organisers and it's been in, in the media a lot. I've sent you one picture of one of the many uh, attendees from around the world who produce wine or spirits who were giving a taste of some of their products and talking about the ways that they make things in different parts of the world. It's always really interesting. And Hong Kong uh, has, since 1998, also been on the map for Vin Expo, which is a trade fair that started in one of the most famous places in France, Bordeaux, uh, which is where it all, it all started. And as it grew over decades, um, it became clear that Asia, especially Hong Kong, actually, was going to be a centre of interest in wine and spirits. You know, like in uh, 2008, Hong Kong abolished the tax on wine, which made it a, um, a wine centre, a deliberate move to make it a, uh, a central part of distribution and auction for, uh, for, for wine, which, uh, which, did, which did work. Uh, now, uh, Vin Expo, the um, organisers are looking at other parts of Asia, um, and so this is the first time there's been one in Singapore. The top five countries visiting last week in the events that took place was, of course, Singapore, the domestic market, number one, mainland China, number two, Malaysia, Vietnam, and Thailand, in that order. Yeah. And it, it attracted um, buyers who, um, who were 80% of the people that went along. The other 20% of attendees were from media, education, and institutional organizations. So that's schools where there are, there are so many courses in wine from, uh, from people who have not done more than, let's say, the equivalent of GCSE or DSE in, 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 in Hong Kong uh, terms. At the age of 16, people can go on to learn about the spirits industry to so then go on and work in that trade, whether it's at the management level or or, or if it's to do with uh, tasting and becoming, you know, a connoisseur. A of you know, wine. Yeah. A, exactly, eventually leading up to a master of wine. Going through a whole, uh, yeah. a whole load of courses that come before a master of wine, but aiming for that as the goal. Wow. So and a lot um, more it, women are doing it, I heard, as well. I think uh, f from you, Andrew, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Amazing. true. Well, actually, um, in, in, in Hong Kong, the, uh, Hong Kong has the first two masters of wine who were both female um, back in, uh, well, some, some years ago now. One was uh, uh, originally from Korea, who still lives here, and the other one, originally from America, is still here as well. Since then, there have been many others. That was, uh, I would say, over 10 years ago. But they were, they were pioneers of uh, getting the Master of Wine qualification in Asia, based here in Hong Kong, and, um, and plenty have followed of both gender since then. And, um, yes, there have been more around the world that are, that are female. People also have said, and I've heard it from both of these Masters of Wine 
who were the first ones in Asia who are based in Hong Kong, that the female palate, so the tasting ability, they say, is um, is a little more sensitive than the male palate. But oh, then they would, wouldn't yeah. they not? <laughs> well, yeah, I heard that too from uh, JR. He often comes on the show to talk about whiskey mm. and, and wine. And he also mentioned that um, uh, that a lot more women are sort of into learning about whiskey. And in fact, they, they, they have a... Uh, not palate, he said, a better nose, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I suppose well, it's uh, half yeah, the taste the is other. in the smell. So, you yeah. know, you've got to have a good nose for a good palate. Well, you do. And also, yeah, for both uh, spirits and uh, wine, the order of assessing a drink at expert level is first they will nose it, um, to smell it, in other words, and then, um, they, and then they will taste it. And um, and uh, and uh, for those uh, who just want uh, further qualification on that, they spit it in a uh, in a kind of spittoon or a bucket rather than neck it down them. That's the way to do it professionally. That's when you go when you go to these trade fairs or a tasting of a wine. Uh, we're getting back to the sort of uh, time now where people are able, as flights increase to Hong Kong and so on, to bring in winemakers. I, I met one a few weeks ago who was uh, here, uh, but he, he's actually based in New Zealand. But some of these masters of wine have a really amazing career also because they then get called in to other parts of the world to, uh, to give their um, assessments of wines that are being made by, by different places. The guy that I spoke to uh, sometimes gets called to go to Spain or other parts of Europe to check wines, but he was working on a project um, in Shandong in China, northern China, uh, where there is an area that is being really an up-and-coming uh, area in Shandong, which is uh, getting known for its wines. And talking of that, in the oh. Singapore event that I mentioned, one of those Shandong province wines is called Long Dai, L-O-N-G-D-A-I. And they've been around, they started planting their vineyards around 10 or so years ago. And there was something called a vertical tasting. All that means is that they go through from the most recent wine and then they taste back vintages. So they'll go from what's been most recently released and put in a bottle and ready to serve to the ones that are older and they'll compare them. And it'll be the same grape. Let's say it's one grape, uh, Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon or Merlot or whatever it is, one, one grape or, or a blend of the same grapes and then they'll taste how did it fare from different years ago until now. What are the differences? So that was, those are the kind of real details that the seminars at these events are. Um, and I just want to mention lastly on this that the, uh, so previously founded in Bordeaux, as I said, there, there has been every two years an event between France and Hong Kong. There'd be one in France, the next year it would be in Hong Kong. Um, now they're going to do uh, every uh, every year when it's in Asia, sometimes alternately it'll be Singapore or Hong Kong. So that's the way it's going to go. From uh, so from next year, 2024, it will be uh, it will be in Hong Kong, and then 25 and then it will be Singapore. Oh. Yeah. So um, changing things. Talking of things here in Hong Kong. We've got a minute right left, now, Andrew. Okay, yeah. it's Italian week in Hong Kong, and that means special menus till Sunday night. There's a lot of really great things to look at. I know we're short on time now. Have a look at italianweekalloneword.hk and uh, you can get really amazing deals on some of the best of Italian restaurants here. Not all of them super high prices either. So 
They're, they're, they're set lunches, set dinners. Have a look at that. It's done with the Italian consulate every year. Italian week, one word, dot HK. Excellent. We will definitely check it out. Andrew, as usual, thank you so much for your time and your recommendations. Uh, we shall check out Italian Week. Thank you very much. Until next okay. week. Bye for now. See you. Till then. Bye. See ya.